Hey, do me a favor. If you got your Bibles, would you turn to Matthew chapter 2? Matthew chapter 2. Thank you for being willing to be a part of that. It's such an honor and a privilege. I think two of the greatest things we can do as a church is water baptism and then a moment in child dedication because you get to see what God's doing in the life-changing of people. And so it's just great to be a part of. In Matthew chapter 2, we're going to start reading from verse 9. This is where we picked up from last week. Last week, we were talking about King Herod and how he had this plan to kill the Messiah, kill Jesus. Of course, his plan did not work. We talked through the pain of Christmas. We're going to pick up where he left off, where he told the Magi to go and locate baby Jesus. Uh, Matthew chapter 2, verse 9 starts like this. It says, after they had heard the king, they being the Magi, they went on their way. And the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. So the star is signifying where this child is. It says, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed because any time that you and I get in the presence of God, our result should be joy. Amen? It says, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. When they opened... When they opened their treasures, presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Two weeks ago, we talked about the awe of Christmas and how this season, season should have us in an awe of reverence and worship for God. Last week, we talked about the pain of Christmas and how even in a season that's marked with joy, some of us are experiencing pain and hardship and God is still with us. And today, I want to talk to you briefly about the response to Christmas. That not just the holiday season, but the holiday message, how you and I should be responding to the message of Christmas. Two weeks ago, we talked about how the whole idea of Christmas is Emmanuel, that God is with us. So how should we respond to that? In about seven or eight days, Christmas will have come and gone. And for some of us, I was talking to some friends who they got to go back to work December 26th, with, which I just think there's something wrong with that, right? Like I think people should be able to enjoy a little bit longer, but it is what it is. And so for some of us, we go right back to normal as of Tuesday. Some of us, it might be after the new year or whatever. But the truth is that we will all have a response to Christmas. Because of the activities of Christmas, there will be some response. For example, some of us, our response will be cleaning, right? Because now we've got to put up all of the Christmas decorations. So we got them all down. We got them set up. Now we got to break them down, put them up clean all the little bristles that are on the carpet, take down all the picture frames. And I can guarantee you one thing, uh, putting up Christmas or, or taking down Christmas will not be as fun as putting up Christmas was. But for some of us, that will be our response. Uh, for some of us, the response will be organizing. If you have small kids, you know what it's like now. You have to find space for all of these new toys. For some of us, it'll be dieting, right? Because we spent the whole Christmas season eating more food than we should eat. And, you know, praise God. It is what it is. Um, that's why we do a 21-day fast here at Victory, so you can work all that holiday food off at the beginning of the year. Um, for some of us, our response might be getting a second job, right? Because we bought way more stuff than we could actually afford. But regardless, in some shape, form, or fashion, we will respond to the holiday season, and likewise, I think we should respond to the holiday message. 
And once we understand that Christmas represents the greatest expression of unconditional love that the world has ever seen, it should move us to respond. Let me say that again. When you and I understand that Christmas, that this time represents the greatest, most unconditional act of love that we have ever seen, it should move us to respond. When you study the Christmas story, the Bible tells us that Mary responds with fear and joy. When you read the story of Joseph, you see that he responds with faith and obedience. When you see the story of the shepherds, you see that they respond with worship. And then as we're reading in, cha- or in, in chapter 2, verses 9, we're seeing how the Magi Respond. So no matter what the aspect of the story or what part of the story that you're reading when it comes to the Christmas story, everybody has a response. And here's what I'm saying, that this Christmas, let us not be so caught up in the busy season. Let us not be so overwhelmed by the pain of hardship or by mere religious activities that we actually, that we allow it to distract us from giving our undivided attention and worship to the one who is worthy. Amen? Let's respond to this season appropriately. Let's not just respond to it in regards of buying gifts and decorating for Christmas, but let's respond with worship to the one who is worthy. And so when I read Matthew chapter 2, I see the Magi respond in three ways. Three ways that I believe you and I can respond as well this season. So I wanted to share them with you. Number one is this. They respond by bowing down and worshiping. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 2, verse 11. Watch this. It says, On coming to the house, the Magi entered the house, and they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. This shows us that above anything else, the main focus of Christmas should be worship. That when we think about Christmas, when we talk about Christmas, in the first week of this, we talked about feeling Christmassy in this idea that the very first thing that should be on our heart is worship. Christmas, in fact, watch this, shows us that true worship is you and I being filled with wonder and praise for who God is and what he has done for us. That's what true worship is. The whole idea of the Christmas season, the the, the attitude of worship is you and I being in wonder, in awe, in praise over who God is and what he's done for us. I want you to understand the picture of what's happening when these magi come into this house. And these are men of prestige and these are men of honor And they walk into this house, and the picture that I'm assuming is they bow down in front of this child. Understand that. Understand how odd that would have been. That these men of honor and these men of prestige come in, and here's this child who, when born of a baby, was born in a manger, born to a mother named Mary of no no necessary significance to a father named Joseph. And now here are these men of honor and prestige, and they are bowing down. There might have been some confusion to the other people in the room. But here's what I want you to understand. The Magi were so moved by Jesus that when it came to their worship, 
they cared more about his worthiness than they did their dignity. Did you catch that? Their concern was not what other people thought. Their concern was not whether or not they were men of honor and whether or not people thought the child deserved it, all this idea. Their concern was his worthiness. So they set aside their dignity because of who they knew him to be. Because of who he was and because of what he was going to do, they cared less about their dignity and more about his worthiness and his holiness. Amen? I mentioned uh, last week that we had just gotten back from Universal, that we took our kids as their Christmas present to Universal. We went with Jonathan and Christina, and they brought their kids, and it was just a great time. Both of our kids had birthdays right around the time, so it was kind of this big celebration. And I've shared many, many times that my wife loves uh, Universal and that whole concept. She, she's obsessed with it. That's her thing. Everybody's got their thing, all right? No judgment. That, that's her thing. She really, really enjoys it. And she enjoys it so much that she watches these videos that are out there of these vloggers where, where they will actually go to Universal and vlog about their experience. And so people can watch it and they'll, they'll taste new food and they'll ride new rides and it's a whole experience. And so I'll come home and she'll be working out in the living room watching the vlogging video, letting them know like that's how into this Universal thing that she is. And so we're, we're at the park. Now, John and Christina have no idea about this, but Darla learns that the couple that she likes the most, the couple that she watches the most, might actually be in the park that we're in. So it's about midday. We're getting tired from doing everything, and I had gone somewhere, and so Jonathan and Darla took the kids into this little maze area in the Seuss, Dr. Seuss land, and at one point, they're coming around the, the, the area to exit, and Darla sees the couple that does the vlogging walking up. And so she calls her name and gets her attention. She runs over to Jonathan. She gives Jonathan her phone. Jonathan has no idea what's going on at this moment, right? He's just like, okay. And she's like, film, make sure you film. And so she's talking to these people, and she's having a blast. And Jonathan looks like this creeper who's just standing over here with the phone. In the video, Darla has to be like, that's my friend. He's filming. Like, because everybody's like, what's happening? And she is just having a blast because she met these people that she's been watching, that she loves. And there's this part, my favorite part in the video that Jonathan did a phenomenal job of filming, by the way. But my favorite part is at the end, Darla gets done talking to him, and they go to walk off. And she turns around and she goes, because <laughs> she met them. She was so excited. She didn't care where our kids were at the moment, you know what I mean? Nobody knows if they were safe or even being monitored at all. Like, she didn't care about what people thought. All she cared about was the people that she saw. And this is what's happening in this situation, situation Sorry, with the Magi. They don't care about anybody else. They don't care about what people are going to say because they realize whose presence they are in. And their focus is his worthiness. And so it's not on their dignity. I want us to get to a place. We've all had a challenge before in this aspect of how we really want to worship God and, and this tug of war in this culture's dignity, right? But, but let's be like the Magi. Let's move to a place where his worthiness is greater than my dignity. Let me say it like this. If Jesus Christ is our Savior, okay, if Jesus Christ really is God with us, then we can't just like him. Do you know what I mean? We can't just categorize Christ with all of these other mediocre things that we like 
if he really is who he says he is. Anytime that somebody came up on Jesus and heard what he was claiming in the Bible, listen to me, there were only ever two responses. Response one would have been of disbelief, so there probably would have been laughter and then eventually a plan to have him killed. The other response, the only other response would have been that of belief, which means they would have hit their knees and worshiped. There's only two responses. When it comes to Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, our Savior, a star is born, right? Well, a child is born, a star that we're, oh, there's only one response. If you believe, if you believe we can't like him, we must fall on our face and worship him. He's either Jesus or he's not. He's either son of God or he's not. He's either savior of the world or he's not. And so we can either choose to not believe and walk away or we can choose to believe and therefore we must hit our face and worship him. Amen? And so my prayer for you and me today is that something would shift in this service, something would happen in this day. And if we have been going through our life with this I like Jesus kind of attitude, we would have a revelation of God and realize that he is not our homeboy, but that he is the son of God and that we must worship him and bow down on our face and acknowledge who he is despite whether or not we think it's going to cost us our dignity. He is worthy. He's worthy. So first, our first response to Christmas is to bow down and worship. Secondly, it's to present him our gifts. Let's go back to Matthew 2, verse 11. After they bowed down and worshiped him, it said they began to open up their treasures, and they presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And you're probably very familiar with that. You've, you've heard the Christmas stories and all that kind of thing, so you know that they brought him gifts, and you've probably heard before gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Listen to me. Both Christmas and our worship are about us receiving a gift from God and then giving a gift back to God. Okay? Christmas, Christmas time is all about you'll show up to somebody's house on Christmas Day with the idea that you'll be giving a gift and you'll be receiving a gift. It's what Christmas is about. Our worship is exactly the same. Our worship to God is about God giving us a gift, his son, who would live a sinless life, die a sinner's death on a cross so that you and I could experience salvation. That's his gift to us. And our gift to him is our life. Our gift back to God is our life. Listen to me. When you came in today, there's a good chance that you were met at the door with a smiling face welcoming you to victory. And then you walked in. And there was some coffee that had been brewing since seven something this morning because a volunteer came and got it going and ready so that you could have coffee. And then you made your way down the hallway if you had kids and you dropped your kid off to a, a group of leaders that have been training and preparing to receive your kids so they could experience a worship service, not be babysat. 
so they could be loved on, so they could experience the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then you came into this room and you had people who had been here for hours, uh, you know, setting up lights and sound and testing instruments and microphones, all because they wanted to provide a place for you to experience God. And when those people do that, listen to me, it was an act of worship towards God. When those people did that, it was them giving back to God. That's what worship is. Worship is, yes, God gave to me, and I honor that, and I, and I bless that, and I acknowledge that. But also another form of worship is me giving what I have back to God. Every person who shows up at the YMCA today to wrap Christmas presents, when you're wrapping presents, it'll be an act of worship. Every person that gives towards purpose prevails at the end of this year, as you give, it'll be an act of worship. This is, a, this is a principle that I'm passionate about. And I'm passionate about it because I didn't learn it. I'm passionate about it because it's something that happened to me immediately. When I got saved, y'all, I just, I was so overwhelmed with the revelation of God and the love of God and the grace of God that all I knew how to do was to give him my life. And, and so I wanted to do whatever, whether it meant I was cleaning a toilet or holding a microphone. Whatever God put out there for me to be able to do, it, it just made sense to me. Here's a way I wanted to say it. Because of God, I am alive. So the only appropriate gift is my life. That's got to be your heart. Because of God, I am alive. Because of God, I am free. Because of God, I've been given hope and peace and a future and purpose. So watch, the only appropriate gift, not a half-hearted worship, the only appropriate gift for a God who gave me life is my life. So you can have it, God, whatever that means, whatever that looks like, you can have my life. And when you and I sit back and think about the message of Christmas and the idea that God, Emmanuel, God is with us, our response first should be worship. Thank you, God. But second should be, here's my life. What can you do with it? How can you use it? When Darla and I were... Uh, first married, we were broke. I don't know if any of y'all have ever been, you know, newlyweds and broke before, but it just kind of kind of comes with the, the, the territory. I don't know how that always works out, but it seems to work out. But Christmas time would come around, and nothing lets you know how broke you are than Christmas time, right? Um, I was like, man, is that all this is about? But we had one of those deals where we wanted to get, you know, other, there was certain other people that we wanted to get Christmas gifts. And so we would have kind of always let each other sacrifice in that aspect. And so one Christmas, we got really smart and we got each other a coupon book. Now, before y'all, I ain't talking about like an actual coupon book to a store, okay? I'm talking about a personal 
this is how broke we were. All right, y'all. Here's a personal coupon book. I mean, like, coupon that says you can redeem this for a 30-minute back rub. All right? That's what I'm talking about. Like, stuff you should be doing anyway, you're now gifting as if it's special. You know, you can redeem this, and I'll wash the dishes. All right? That's what I'm talking about. Like, we were just trying to be creative. Like, whatever we could do, you redeem this, and I'll, let, I'll, I'll sleep in another room because I snore. You know? Like, whatever, whatever, however we can redeem something, we were just, because you're so broke, you're like, I don't have anything else to give you but me, right? Like that's, all, that's all I got is me. Sorry, you just, you get me. But here's the greatest thing about Christ and our worship. That's all he wants. That's all he wants. Doesn't need you to pretend or act or perform. He wants you to honestly be able to come and say, all I got is me. All I got is me. Use me however you wish, Father, but, but this is what you got. You know what I mean? This is what you're working with. Sorry, Lord, but I hope you can do something with it. And it's all God wants that in this season, God with us means, number one, I worship you. Number two, I give you all that I am and all that I have back to your glory. Think about this. The value of the gift that you are willing to give to God is an expression of who you believe him to be. I'm going to say it again. The value of the gift that you're willing to give to God is an expression of who you believe him to be. Because who you believe him to be influences the sacrifice that you're willing to make. Just to get practically practical with you for a second, you'll buy a lot of Christmas gifts, maybe, unless you're broke like we were and you got a lot of coupon books, you know what I mean? <laughs> But let's just talk for a moment like you're in the season of life where you're buying a couple of different people Christmas presents. Who that person is to you shapes the gift that you buy. It shapes the sacrifice that you make. Which is why the gift you get for your coworker is going to be different than the gift you get for your spouse. And this is what I'm trying to tell you is that when it comes to God, the sacrifice, the gift that we're willing to give back to God is a direct expression of who you believe him to be. Which is why I believe when people come in here every Sunday to serve, I believe they're not doing it because of Victory Church or because of Troy and Darla. They're doing it out of an expression of who they believe God to be. When people give towards Purpose Mills, not doing it because we asked them to or because they're hoping for some kind of blessing on the other side. They're doing it out of an expression of who they believe God to be. When people come this afternoon and we're wrapping Christmas presents, they won't be there because they want to be seen by a YMCA employee. They'll be there because of who they believe God to be. And in the same way, when you and I give our gifts to God, it's an expression of who we believe him to be. Let me show you what I mean by that. The Bible said that the Magi brought three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The gold represented royalty. Frankincense represented divinity. And myrrh, which was used for embalming, represented humanity. So when they gave those three gifts to him, they were saying, we believe you to be 100% God, 100% man, and the king of kings. The gift that I'm giving reveals who I believe you to be. So when God is calling you, 
to take your gifts and give them back to him through serving, volunteering, giving, whatever that might look like. When we do it, it's an expression to him of who I believe him to be. Because God gave me life, I give him mine, right? I like the way Spurgeon said it. He said, those who look for Jesus will see him. Those who truly see him will worship him. And those who worship him will consecrate their substance to him. Here's what he's saying. Those who are looking to find Jesus, you're going to find him. The Bible says knock and he'll answer. Anybody who's looking for God is going to find him. Watch this. And anybody who finds him is going to worship him. The Bible says taste and see that I am good. So when you and I look for him, we find him. And then once we find him, we realize who he is, the greatness of him, and we want to worship him. And now that we're worshiping him, watch this. At some point, this worship is not enough. At some point, singing along to a song is not enough. I want to give more to you, God. I want to give more. Remember when you were dating and you're talking on the phone, all of a sudden talking on the phone's not enough, right? Now you got to go on physical dates. Now you got to get married because eventually that relationship goes. So what starts as a front row seat, worship, hands in the air, moves to God. I want to give you my life. I want to consecrate everything, my entire substance to you because I looked for you and I found you. I found you and I worshiped you. I worshiped you and now I have to give my life to you. Make sense? So this Christmas, let's be prepared to respond, not to the holiday. You've already done that. Respond to the message of Christmas. Respond, number one, bow down and worship. Response number two, I present to you my gifts. And in response number three is this, surrender our lives. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 2, and this time we're going to read from verse 12. And it says, having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. I was reading this, and I tried to again imagine this situation. And the Magi arrive see the child, the Bible says they bow down in worship, which would have gotten everybody's attention in the room. What is happening? Then it says they begin to open up their treasure and give him their gifts. And then at some point in all of this, they have a divine revelation. And that divine revelation tells them that the way they came from is not the way they need to go back to. That the person they thought they were helping was actually the person who was hurting them. That the way they came cannot be the way they return. So they get up and they leave by a different way. And to me, this represents that third response for you and I to Christmas. That because of what God did, I'm going to change my plans. I'm going to change my will. I'm going to change my way. There is a repentance in my life. There is an about face move in my life that this is the way I was going to go but because I've experienced God now I'm going this way that the way I was going is not the way I continue that I will surrender who I am to God he's Jesus or he's not right remember we were growing up and you had that game one foot in and one foot out. what was that game called shake it all about hokey pokey 
Should have practiced that. I would have known. It just came to me. But, you know, it's, it's, like, it's like that's the game we're trying to play with Jesus. Like, I want to have one foot in with you and one foot out with you. And listen to me. He's either your Savior or he's not, right? He's either God with us or he's not. And if he is, then let's go all in. If he is, let's surrender our entire life to Jesus. If he is, then let's quit the games. Let's bow down. Let's worship. Let's give our gifts to him. And let's surrender our lives to him. Amen? Every Christmas, we go celebrate with Darla's parents back in Memphis for a couple of days. And from the very first time that I ever experienced Christmas with her parents, her dad, he's, he's a jokester. And one of the things he does is he likes to disguise gifts into making them look like they're something else. I don't know if y'all have anybody in your family who's a lunatic and does this. But, like, I remember one of the first times I, I got this, like, um, like this tin that those cookies come in and he had put marbles in it and so I'm shaking it when it's wrapped going what is this I've opened up stuff with like dumbbells in it and water bottles I mean it's crazy like he, he builds up this idea of like whatever you think it is it's not okay like right off the like I, I probably could never trust him ever again in life you know what I mean w one year because what he'll often do is he'll, he'll wrap something insane, but to the bottom of it, he'll attach a gift card to it. And so one year I unwrap this like bottle of orange soda. And, it, it, and it's weird because it's full of orange soda, but it's light. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like light. And I don't, I don't, you know, you open up the top and, you know, you, you can't put much in the top of it. And so I'm like, I don't really know what's going on. What he had done is he had cut open the bottle and painted the inside, y'all, this is how Luna's, Luna, he had painted the inside of it where you thought it still had stuff in it, but it didn't. And he had taped up that little, and he had put a gift card in it. I didn't even know how to get to it. I was like, I don't, I don't know what you've done, sir. I don't know how to get this. Like, it was that crazy. And it was just so funny because it trained me to just have this mindset of whatever I think it is, it's not. That whatever you're looking at, there's more to it. And it got me thinking about the Christmas story. And it got me thinking about these magi and how they come in and they bow down and they worship this child and they start giving their gifts to this child. And that they change all of their plans after one interaction with this child. I just wonder if there was anybody in the room going, what is it about this child? Because let me tell you something I've learned after 20 years of living for Jesus, that there's more to him than it looks like. That what you think you see isn't where the goodness starts, stops. Think about it like this. He is a child in that moment, but inside of him is your healing. Inside of him is your peace. Inside of him is your freedom, your rest, your salvation, your reconciliation to God. 
do me a favor. Would you stand with me this morning? I know that in a couple of days, we're going to get into all of the holiday festivities and then we're going to go into the new year and all these different things. But I just wanted to give you an opportunity this morning to respond to the message of Christmas. To respond to the idea that God is with us. That there's more to him than meets the eye. To give you an opportunity to bow down, to worship, to remind you, to give your gifts, and to give you an opportunity to surrender your life. One quick story and then we'll pray and we'll close. One Christmas, my father-in-law, he put two gift cards in one of those gifts and he had never done that before. And so I didn't know to expect it. And so what would normally happen is I would open up the gift and most of the time I would get the gift card and then we'd just kind of throw the whole package on the ground. And then once everybody's opening, we'd go through and do a huge trash pickup. And so we had done that. Hours later, we're sitting around talking and my mother-in-law says to me, what'd you get for Christmas? And so I start naming a few things and I go, and I got five gift cards. She stops and she looks at me, she goes, five? I said, yeah, five. She said, you were supposed to get six. And I said, no. I pulled them out, counted them right in front of her. One, two, three. I got five. five. She goes, I'm pretty sure we bought you six. Hold on. She goes back to the room. She comes back out. She goes, we need to look in that trash. And all of a sudden, we're the whole family, kids and everybody, we're grabbing trash and we're throwing it out. Finally, we found it. One of those instruments that my father-in-law had put together taped on the back of it that I didn't know about was a gift card. I almost threw away this blessing. And if you're not careful, you'll almost get out of here this morning without having an opportunity to surrender your life. Praising God, worshiping God. Do me a favor right now. Close your eyes, everybody in this room. I don't want you to get the opportunity to leave. Number one, if you're in this place and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, don't leave today without doing it. The Bible says, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, and you shall be saved. Don't, don't, don't throw that to the side and walk out today missing out on the opportunity to experience the blessing of God. All you have to do right now is just say, Father, I know I'm a sinner. And I believe that I'm saved by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That's your salvation. Listen to me, for those of you that you've kind of had one foot in and one foot out, let today be the day don't leave out of here without an opportunity to surrender your life to Jesus. Let's respond right now. Come on, let's respond to the message of Christmas. If you want to do that, just put your hands in the air right now, just in a form of worship. If you want to respond, Father, we thank you. Come on, right now, begin to worship him.